Hello there, hockey fans. It's Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. We're back with you for another episode here this week on UMFM 101.5 in Winnipeg. Podcasted, streamed wherever you can get that, your hands on that. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're uh, it's co-host Tom here. I'm with, as always, co-host Jared. We're talking Season 6, Episode 5, an episode we're going to call the Barilco, Bill Barilco. Uh, infamous, fam- uh, famous, just plain famous, uh, Toronto Maple Leaf of yesteryear. Um, Jared, how you doing today? Doing good. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Good weekend. We're- Excellent. Yeah, it was a good weekend. Um, it's we're recording this on Sunday night, folks. Uh, you're listening here on Monday or beyond. And uh, thank you for joining us. But yeah, very good weekend. Probably. Um, our last bit of like half decent weather before winter comes to town. Sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you talk about the bad weather, the bad weather comes. So I just yeah. don't, don't talk about the bad weather. Well, fair enough, but you it's, know. uh, that it's, it really it's inevitable. drives home the fact that it's hockey season though. Once that weather comes, you know, um, it's a little bit crisper. Yeah. yeah you know, yeah. having having um, lengthy conversations in the parking lot after games is decidedly less fun as the weather <laughs> yeah, gets a little bit chillier. That is true. That is yeah, true. But it it does also mean that you're usually home a little earlier, which, you know, might be good. Probably depending, good, yeah. <laughs> depending, depending on where you're at. Um <laughs> Anyways, yeah, great weekend. Looking forward to talking talking hockey. Uh, and we're uh, debuting a new segment today. Yeah, that'll be fun. Which is fun. Uh, but let's it's... talk about Bill Barilko because, yeah, he's uh, he's kind of. Um, I'll go a... ahead and say this: everybody my age, I'm just yeah. throwing a, a blanket blanket statements yeah. right now. But everybody my age knows Bill Barilko because of a song. Yes. He he is definitely he is cemented as a um, legend in Canadiana lore um, because of the song 50 Mission Cap by the Tragically Hip, a beloved band uh, of uh, this great nation of ours. Uh, Bill Barilko um, had a very short playing career. Yeah, although, he was a young man when he passed away. Yes. He was 23 although, years old or something like that. Uh, uh, 24. 24 years old. Okay. Uh, however, played four seasons in the NHL and uh, won four, four Stanley, Stanley Cups. Yeah. Five uh, parts, parts of five seasons. He did yes. uh, join as, an, as a 19-year-old and played uh, in 18 games. That was in 1946-47. 
Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, his last uh, season uh, was 1951 mm-hmm. at, at age 23. And, of course, the last goal he ever scored won the Leafs the cup. As it the song as the song says, right? Yeah, yeah. And then there was the curse of Bill Burlco because they had been the the Toronto Maple Leafs. Believe it or not, listeners, they were a bit of a dynasty at the time. I think they won like, you know, several cups in a row, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. four out of five kind of thing in total. Um, and uh, after Burlco scored that goal, goes on a fishing trip that summer to fly in uh, sort of resort kind of thing northern mm-hmm. ontario mm-hmm. plane goes down they yep. it, they didn't find the remains of the people on the plane for 11 years which was coincidentally the next time they they, they the year they found uh barocco and and the others that were on that plane yeah uh, was the first time that the leaves had won the cup since barocco's goal yes um as the song yeah that we all know uh, yeah. uh, has has indicated. Uh, so, couple interesting uh, facts about Bill Perilco. Uh He uh, played in the All Star Game in 1947, 1948, and 1949. Scored a goal in the 49 uh, game, as we mentioned, won four cups. Uh, up until 2016. And I found this because, I mean, again, as you mentioned, the Leafs used to be a good team, which meant that at a certain point they had lots of great players that probably came through their ranks. Uh, Up until 2016, number five, Bill Barilko's number, and number six, which belonged to Ace Bailey, were the Mm -hmm. only two numbers that were retired by the Leafs. And... Uh, they would, uh, whenever the Tragically Hip would play at the Air Canada Centre, uh, they left his banner hanging in the rafters. That's kind of cool. Yeah. Well, they knew and, they were going to play 50th Mission Cap. Right. And then when Gord Downey passed away in 2017, uh, the team did a tribute to Gord Downey and uh, incorporated the banner into the tribute. So pretty cool. And uh, a copy of handwritten lyrics for 50 Mission Cap, uh, handwritten by Gord Downey himself, uh, hangs in the Players' Lounge at the Air Canada Centre. So there you go. Cool. Yeah, pretty cool uh, documentary as well. Uh, uh, TSN, if you have TSN or the online version, you can uh, see a documentary. It's called The Mission which talks about uh, the project that recovered the remaining wreckage from the plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I was up near Cochrane, Ontario, which I had the pleasure of staying in and back in April of this year, mm-hmm. I was the, I pulled into the motel I was staying in. I was just, you know, passing through mm-hmm. and uh, I was like the only car in the parking lot of the motel. Mm-hmm. But that's not because it wasn't busy. That's because every other vehicle was a skidoo. <laughs> well, there you go. Uh, That's Northern so, Ontario for you. So uh, I will also say that uh, he played for three wonderfully named teams prior to joining the Leafs. He played okay. for for the, the in in the I think the NA the Noha 
the Northern Ontario Hockey Association. He played for the Holman Pluggers. Oh, the Pluggers. He played, he played for the Porcupine Combines. Yeah. <laughs> he played for the the Timmins Canadians. But the one that was interesting to me was that he played for the Hollywood Wolves. Uh, so the Hollywood the Hollywood Wolves were a Pacific Coast Hockey League team that ran from 44 to 52 and were the Leafs minor league affiliate from 44 to 47. That's why. And yeah, right? I didn't know that there was hockey in Hollywood. I didn't know that there was I mean, hockey uh, you in go California. back to the 40s like that. That's probably got to be the first pro hockey team out there. I don't know. I a mean, pe- maybe I'm wrong in that, but Yeah, well, you know. If if you want if you want more California hockey history, go look it up on Wikipedia because yeah. <laughs> that's where I'm getting my facts. Right. But on. Uh, yeah, Bill Barilko, you know, Canadian legend. Yeah. Uh, maybe not necessarily because of his hockey prowess, although he did. He was up... a, he was a, res- a respected stay at home, hard hitting defenseman, and every team needs one of those. And he scored one of the biggest goals in Leafs history, and the the subsequent story about the tragedy of his death is uh, the stuff of Canadian folklore, you know, legend and the tragically hip wrote all about it. Yeah. We're going to throw to that song, but first I think we should just talk a little bit about your Winnipeg jets and they're coming off a big victory on Saturday night, hockey night in Canada against the Edmonton Oilers, both the jets and the Oilers one and three to start the season. Mm -hmm. Things are not going in, the way they should. Edmonton's goalies can't stop a beach ball. Connor Hellebuck looks like he's on summer vacation still. Yeah. Um, well, and last you know, week... The, they so... got outmatched versus LA, plain and simple. They held it close against Vegas, but, you know, they snatched defeat from the jaws of victory, as, as yeah. uh, some folks like to say. And then, you know, a couple games like that. And so then finally against the Oilers, they were able to... Uh, win in overtime. Win it in overtime. But here's the big thing is they went down 2 nothing early in the first. Mm-hmm. So and you're thinking, we, hmm, oh boy. Uh, but well, we were talking- then went on and had 38 shots against, and those were the only two he let in were the early ones, and he kind of stood tall. Especially in the third period, the Oilers pressed. Yeah. Major news out of that game, Connor McDavid left the game at the towards the end and is now expected out for a week or two. Yeah. And yeah. when you look at the NHL scoring leaders right now, it's so crazy because Connor McDavid is 12th. Yeah. He's got eight points through five games. Um or so uh yeah, and um here's one for your Toronto Maple Leafs fans out there since we're talking that uh the 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 highest leaf on the scoring list. No, it's not Austin Matthews. It's John Tavares. Uh, he's got nine points, but uh, he's tied Matthews with his is actually thirty fifth in league scoring. So there's your yeah. Well, uh, Tavares is tied with uh, William Nylander, who also has nine points. It's okay. interesting, you know. That. Like uh, we were talking about the Jets this week. Uh, was on uh, the the game that they played Vegas and. Uh, you said something rather astute, uh, as oh. you are some sometimes interesting no, known to do. <laughs> um, the Winnipeg Jets, you can expect uh, three outcomes, right? Right. That yeah. that that they will play a game and like they did Jet- last week. We were loving their their game against Florida, yeah. right? 
uh, although they did kind of falter down the stretch. Uh, The second outcome we saw against the Kings, where they were flat as a pancake, were not in the game at all. Or the third possible outcome was uh, what we saw against Vegas, where they had a They're lot in of it fire. And they look good, but they find a way to lose. <laughs> and they find a way to lose. Yeah. So the so, three outcomes, the three outcomes are they win, and that yeah. that win can be really by any method. Uh, you know, whether or not that's like they dominate or they squeak it out, whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other two uh, outcomes are yeah, get they're n- they're get never beat. in it. They're yeah, never in it or they're, or they like deserve to win, but don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and maybe that could be said about like pretty much every team, but I feel like Jets fans who've, uh, you know, been following the club for the last number of years. It's just like, it's almost too predictable sometimes. Right. You just, you can kind of read the writing uh, on the wall and just sort of say, Hmm. This is this like that Vegas one. They tied it up, sure, but I was like, I don't know about this. <laughs> like, there, yeah. But looking at the week ahead, who do the Jets have? Come, like they they've got they're going on the or they were on the road against um, Edmonton, and uh, and then coming up this week they've got um, St. Louis. They're coming mm-hmm. to town. Mm-hmm. And then the Jets are off to Detroit after that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's like the only two games that, or no, that's, they must have a weekend game. Yes, they do against Montreal. They're in Montreal. So they're, they're home to the blues. Then they go to Detroit and Montreal. Um, kind of a bummer. Kind of they're a bummer next week for uh, Blake Wheeler's return. So a week from Rangers. a week from today, basically they'll be hosting the New York Rangers and a former captain Blake Wheeler. So, yeah, kind of a bummer. Uh, game against the Kings. Uh, Gabe Velarde, who was somebody who was supposed to be in the top six that uh, they were counting on uh, to be a real uh, sort of contributing player uh, to the Jets, uh, went down with... Uh, twisted his knee. Twisted his knee. and Sprained he's... or either a strained or sprained. I can't recall yeah. what they said. Uh, MCL. Yeah. And so he Which is out for could have been a lot worse. Could be Kirby Doc, who in his second game of the season for Montreal took a body check. Innocent enough looking thing, mm-hmm. but just the way that the knee hit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he tore his ACL and MCL. So he's mm-hmm. gonna have major surgery on his he's knee. D- he's, he's done, done, for, done the for the year. year. Done yeah. for the year. And so Velarde uh is out for what? Was it four to six? A few months. Six- Four to six, six to eight. So yeah, weeks, you know. Yeah. So he'll be he'll be back. I don't know what Christmas ish. Yeah. yeah. If uh, you know, if it goes to plan and whatever, it, could be later. Could be the new year. It's uh. So you know, I think it kind of follows uh your theory of uh typical Jets outcomes. Right. We we can't have good things. We're super <laughs> excited for Gabe Velarde uh, to be here. And he got hurt. So <laughs> it kind of throws things into some uh, a bit of upheaval. But it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens. It'll be they, interesting to see how they figure it out. 
they recalled the uh, uh, Dominic Toninato from the Manitoba Moose. So. Oh, good. So this Tony, is <laughs> Tony will be in the in the lineup or something at, at some point. I'm sure. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I think like Gustafson was in there the other night. I mean, he was fine, but uh, sure. it does kind of just hurt because then all. You know, they had Mason Appleton skating on the top line and, you know, bless his heart. He's not a top line player. No not a top six player. No. Um, and so they're trying to push uh, Aya follow mm. up into the top six, which I mean, I think I'm OK with that. I would I would prefer him rather than Mason Appleton. Yeah, he's got yeah, Aya follows good, but he's. Again, I think it's more just that he's a he's more of a um, third line player, but you know, sure. in a pinch in a pinch, I suppose he could play yeah. more minutes, top six minutes, whatever. But I don't I'm, know that that's the solution long term. No, and but we it were might talking about have to be. And, yeah, we were talking about this the other day, though. Unsurprisingly, they're not going to push one of their young guys. Yeah, right? like well, I I kind of had the thought like why don't they just call up Chaz Lucius or uh Luscious Chad as I call him. Um but they're not going to do that. You know, why not no. bring up Brad Lambert? You no. know. They're not going to do that. Uh no. they're going to percolate those guys in the AHL the entire year unless mm-hmm. all of a sudden the Jets have like, you know, 17 injuries and they have to call them up or something. But No. No. Well, uh, let's play. Uh, let's play some tragically hip. Let's That's do it. enough. It's enough Jets talk. Uh, yeah. So you know what you know. You know this song. You know the words. Uh, Sing along. Great, crank it it's up. It's a great turn song. It up to Eleven. Yeah, Go yeah. For it. Yeah. Right here at Talking Hockey, the hockey yeah. talking show. That was uh, the tragically hip 
perhaps you've heard of them. Their little hit song, 50th Mission Cap, all about Billy Barocco. I don't know if it's all about him, but he's meant, it's, he's a focal part of that song. And uh, moving on here, Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show, we're uh, going to try a new little segment here. Uh, I think we'll call it Talking Zebras, the ref's room. There's a colon in between those two kind of sentences. Uh, and, and with us, we've got a special guest here joining us. Uh, it's head of Garage League Officiating. Uh, we're talking referee deluxe, Brady Simpson. Thanks for joining us, Brady. Welcome to Thank the show. You. Thanks for having me. I wouldn't call it deluxe, but you know, do, you do you. <laughs> deluxe usually just means you got mushrooms on it or uh, green peppers, maybe. But in this case, you know, you ref like what 80, 90 percent of garage league games. Uh, and then you got a couple other people that uh, that jump in with you. And uh, but why don't why don't we just start with like how did your um, involvement with garage league kind of come around? Well, um, I know Eric quite well, just from kids hockey. Uh, my two sons are the same ages as his sons. Well, I have three sons, but my two oldest are the same age as his sons. So coming up through hockey, and I refed at uh, ASHL to Canlan. Uh, refed him one night, didn't even clue, and it was him till about halfway through the game. We talked after he realized I was a ref, so I did some refing for our kids games, we'd have exhibition games in preseason and I'd ref for him and ref for that. And then, uh, when the league got kicked off, he asked me if I'd be the head ref and I could ref, I could, you know, just be an assigner and assign guys. But I mean, it's great hockey. It's fun skate. I love to be on the ice. So did all the pretty much, yeah, about 90% of the games last year. And the odd one where I had a Jets game or something else or was out of town, I had, handful of spares that filled in for me so it worked perfect yeah got my got my butt off the couch two nights a week <laughs> I mean, that's minus a huge 40. part of it yeah yeah minus 40 in january i really didn't want to get off the couch saturday night to go ref but trucked her through and it was fun had a blast yeah so how long have you been refereeing like in total like uh, uh, when did you start refereeing i started when i was 12 so it would have been 2001 ish um 2000 2001 roughly as a way to stay with the game i refed minor hockey all the way through um basically until the last five years uh, i gave up my certification but i've stuck on just to the men's leagues and the canline and now the grad league um my son next year he'll he'll turn 12 next may so next season, he's already saying he wants to ref. So I think I might recertify and do games with him and start the father son combo. Yeah, start teaching the next uh, the next uh, group of refs. Nice. So uh, just kind of jumping in on that. So the earliest that somebody can get certified is still twelve years old, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I remember uh, when I was growing up. I uh, went through the training course and I reffed from the time that I, w- I was 12 until probably 14 or 15. And I kind of packed, I packed it in because uh, being in a small town, I did not like getting yelled at by parents from, from like the, the from, neighbor down the oh, street. Yeah. Who's from, like... from said small town. It was just like, and 
and I'm sure Brady can attest to this. Um, yeah, parents of minor hockey uh, teams say horrible, horrible things to under uh, 18 uh, refs who are out there kind of plying their trade and seem to lose focus on the fact that without a referee, those games do not happen. Right. Yeah. And that was, and that was, and so I remember like throwing parents out, asking them to like leave, stopping a game until they exited at least the outdoor portion of the rink. Like, hey, go inside and watch. And then said parent coming up to me after the game and like wagging his finger in my face and yelling at me and being a 14 year old kid like what are you going to do when somebody's mom or dad is yelling at you um there was a real uh hockey canada th- focus for a while in the last i don't know last five ten years they've really kind of taken note of that and cracked down so you're so showing the, your age there jared by well uh, <laughs> I mean, but, I show, but brady I, have you ever had any like crazy parents or uh fans or whatever that have really unloaded on you and you've like has that ever happened to you oh absolutely yeah for sure like growing up refing when i was into my teens i refed a lot of my sip my friends younger siblings and just one example um a friend of mine his girlfriend's younger brother um i refed him and uh i I don't remember the game but his dad uh, I mean, he was an outright guy normally, kind of flipped off the hand a little bit, wouldn't leave me, wouldn't le- let me leave the ice, kind of block the door. Um, I reported to my ref chief. He ended up getting suspended for like, like a month, like hmm. off, like off the team. Cause he was like essentially threatening me. And like two days later, I'm at my buddy's house and he's there and he's like, hey, how's it going? Like nothing happened. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm like, is this guy like manic? Like. <laughs> Yeah, so there's been definitely. Um, I remember what doing a game, um, back in like I'm from Dauphin, so I I get the whole small town thing. I mean, I you see the same coaches over and over and over, so it's the same teams. Uh, I I there was a tournament and and in, in Dauphin, and there was a team from Asher, and I think it was, and they had this big 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 kid, um, and I was head man. I had my two linesmen. My two linesmen were useless. They were they annoyed they weren't anywhere near they needed to be they weren't watching behind the play apparently at the end one of the period one of the dolphin players two-handed this asher and kid and i didn't see it because i was at the other end of the ice and i asked my linesman they're like oh i had no idea and as i was skating off in between periods for the flood this kid's mom uh took a swing at me oh wow. as, I was, as i was coming off the, the mom tried to reach and grab me and a friend of mine who was there watching, who is also a ref. I think he refed after or something. He, he had overheard her in the lobby after the period saying, I'm going to kill that effing ref. <laughs> so he actually shielded me from her as she yeah. flew at me. And he's a big boy. So he knew it was coming. So luckily, I don't know if this, and I mean, like the kid that got taken down, he was like six foot five at like 17. His mom was a big, big lady too. So I'm sure she would have beat the absolute piss out of me. (laughs) But yeah, she tried to grab me 
And uh, I, I, I grabbed the rink attendant. And I said, I'm not going out until, unless she's called, she's, she leaves or I'm calling the cops. Yeah. So they, they, they took her out. They escorted her out. Um, but yeah, she tried to grab me. So those are like my two, the uh, real weird, wild? yeah. And like, I like, I would have been, I would have been nineteen twenty because I, I remember I was home for university and there was a tournament. Yeah, she, like she was nineteen. I was nineteen twenty. The kid was probably was like fifteen, sixteen. Yeah, and yeah, she tried to grab me, and like yeah. just batshit crazy, unreal. I that that kind of leads me to a question here. In your days of refing, uh, and it, it, this would happen in a small town where you see the same teams all the time did uh you ever have a player that um you just like it was like i don't know instinctual that you're gonna call this guy for something or or that or the opposite where it's like uh this guy's just like embellishing everything i'm never i'm not calling anything you know on the like i i asked this because when i was growing up you know i'm like 14 15 whatever there was a ref and he would give me penalties every single game for just like stepping on the ice <laughs> and then, and so, then wait, up... so you're saying that this was like you were a marked man that this well, wasn't was, just was, it was, justified it was, it was bantam mm-hmm. so we started body checking mm-hmm. i was a little taller people Bigger. take runs at me yeah and like i go to hit and he'd call me for elbow I, or whatever yeah because you get up and and then I and then like inevitably and... I just like in the box all the time, and then I would just like run my mouth at the ref and, <laughs> and <laughs> misconduct <laughs> kicked out of the game. <laughs> it's like it was just like this this one ref. So I guess my question to you is, Brady, did you ever have a me to deal with? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. There was there's I mean, a you in up... every bunch. <laughs> well, oddly enough, the one for me that I I, I distinctly remember. Um, is actually a former Olympian women's player, oh. uh, Bridget Le- Bridget Lequette. I grew up okay. with her, um, and she played boys hockey on Winnipeg Oasis. And she just she just played such a hard game. Like she was so good. She was physical. Yeah. Like before there was hitting, so like she would like. I mean, I I had her for two body checking penalties a game. <laughs> playing when she was like nine, ten, playing boys hockey. Yeah, because she just played so hard. So she was one. She was one that I remember growing, uh, refing growing up. Um, there was a mix of ones that I I got to know. Um, and then starting in the Canlon when I started refing guys here, like I I got to know teams. I mean, they're all the same teams in the same divisions yeah. I'd ref. So I got to know them and know which teams were absolute, you know, psychopaths. Yeah. And uh, I have my my few earmarked garage leaguers that I know embellish a few calls. Uh, you know, Steve Smith out there, if you're listening. <laughs> so, I mean, there's there's always guys that, and players that <laughs> stick in my mind that, you know, I know I know they'll sell a call or mm-hmm. um, I know off the draw they might throw an elbow or swing or um, yeah. the dirty little stuff that. Yeah, I've seen and and they were they're repeat offenders. So yeah, that, that that there was always the odd, the odd kid growing yeah. up. And now now, like I said, even the adults that I know, yeah. in the graduate <laughs> league. So here, no the question that I wanted to ask was obviously 
you know, we became familiar with you last year because you officiated 90% of our games. And, you know, big thanks to you, because as I mentioned, without an official, uh, you know, it's anarchy out there and, and, uh, you know, a bunch of adults playing in a quote unquote friendly game. Uh, having an official on the ice adds an air of legitimacy to what we're trying to do and kind of keeps things moving on an even keel. Um, any trepidation on your part this year joining the league as a player? Because, you know, okay, so full disclosure you also still officiate games, but your uh, your teammates with Tommy and I on uh, the Winter Club Seals this year. And so uh, any, you know, like what made you decide, hey, I want to get uh, in the in the player mix? Well, I, like I said, I um, I know I've mentioned this before. I quit playing hockey a long time ago and kind of roughing was my way to stay in it. Mm-hmm. Um. I just, I miss it. Like any opportunity to get on the ice, I've had fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I spared for a friend's intramural team in university, a couple games here and there. Uh, another friend of mine that I got to know, he had a team in the, I think it was the Winnipeg Central League. I think that was, I think that's still called that. Mm-hmm. So I played a handful of games there and I loved it. And I realized how much I missed it. And then uh, I never really got the itch to play this year until, uh, I think it was right after the playoffs ended. They had that one pickup game where they had the ice time. And they said, "Hey, do you have a, do you want to play?" I was like, "Yeah." I had to go to play it again sports that afternoon. Pick up pants, bigger mm-hmm. shin pads, uh, mm-hmm, elbow mm-hmm. pads. I didn't have any of that stuff, so I went and picked up some secondhand stuff and skated that one game. And I was like, "Oh, I'm now I'm hooked." And, yeah, and I was like, "I'm definitely playing." My wife was like, "Well, I mean." The money every the money refing is you know kind of nice. And I'm like yeah whatever. I'm still gonna make a little money from refing, but I mean I, I was I was sold on playing ref from the beginning. And when they started to say oh we don't know if we're gonna have enough guys to make an extra team, we might might not have to turn away registration. I was like begging Eric. I'm like please keep me in the mix. He's <laughs> like oh yeah no no worries you're good. So. Um, even hey, at, like, hey well, we're super uh, great. We're super grateful for that. Yeah. You're uh you're a good teammate and uh we love having you in the mix. Well, definitely it. in our locker room because uh y- you're uh yeah, you're I, uh you, br- you bring you couple... bring this you bring the backup speaker and you yeah. uh you ordered the pride tapes. So <laughs> there, there we go. I, I, I had I, I, have a... I had to get my rookie uh initiation in <laughs> rookie initiation uh spot the whole purchase for us and then we'll pay it back it's yeah, like, yeah. um couple, well, I, couple was... specific ref questions here like as far as calls go like how do you when you're on the ice refing and there's a, if there's only one of you no linesman um you're following the play right like how do you uh how do you keep up with the play um i guess like where's your optimal position for calling say offsides because you want to be as close to the line as you can when it enters the zone to you know like to be able to see if it's offside or not or you know like how do you keep straight things like um icing sometimes i i I, i've refed like 
two apocalypse games, which is just pretty casual. But like, I felt like every time I went to blow a whistle, I was like, is this the call? Like, you know, I was second guessing myself all the time. Or like, for example, like a penalty. Um, when you see something, are you just like throwing your arm up and then you'd be like, just trust your reaction? Or do you like have to like kind of process it? Like, how does that all work? Because I find well, it incredibly stressful in the very two very casual outdoor tournament games that I <laughs> I like, you know, officiated. Well, I mean, like I said, I'm I've been refing for twenty ish years now, so generally you trust your judgment pretty quick. You have to. I mean, there's a lot of the times I I give myself I mull it over for a second, but you know, for this grad league, and I even said it last year, and I to- I told the guys right after I started doing it. I said, like, I'm going to see how the game flow is, and I don't want to interrupt your guys' game flow. Like, I'm sure you guys don't want to be killing penalties and being on the power, like, alternate. Well, I mean, sure, you want to be on the power play all night, but you don't want to be killing penalties all night. So I try to let a, the gradually just flow. I try to let the play flow. If, if, if a guy tugs at a guy, a little chintzy hook, but he doesn't lose possession, he doesn't lose his stride and he still is able to make a play. I'm going to let it go. Yeah. Cause it's like, like, I don't want to, I don't want to slow the game down. Um, if, if a guy hooks a guy and loses possession, well, it's different. That's hook, but yeah. trying to manage that and keeping flow. Um, because that's a big thing about refing is game management. Um, you want to, you want to make sure that, you know, you're not, I don't want to be the main character out there. Like some power trip refs, um, I've always called probably less penalties than most other counterparts, and maybe that's mm-hmm. why I'm refing gradually and not where some of my buddies went to the AHL and all that. But um, so it's 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 managing the game. It's it's that you know give and take um, with the gradually and doing being a one man. It's you have to really read and guess what's going to happen. Um, because you, you don't want to be out of position and miss a close goal, which, you know, controversy in playoffs last year, um, <laughs> because I just, I wasn't at the net. It was a quick play. Um, but there's a lot of times where if I see the puck coming up the wall and I, and I think, okay, do I think the defenseman's going to hold the line? I think so. I'm going to stay where I'm at kind of down low. You know, there is a, a set of positionings, um, that they call, um, you know, at the net. Half, I think it's home base is along the boards and half pistons kind of at the bottom of the circle on the goal line. You kind of want to maintain that position when the puck's in the end zone, but you got to trust your gut. Do you think if the D is going to hold? And if I don't think the D is going to hold, I got to break because I got to be at that line to, to make in, the offside right? call yep. or, or, you know, make it the offside call. Um, so it's, it's with the one man, it's difficult. And uh, a, a lot of the spares that I've, I've approached and tried to get to come and I tell them it's one man, they're like, oh, no, I'm not doing that. Like, no, mm-hmm. I'm not killing myself. And I'm like, well, it's, it's a good skate. Like, you definitely skate more. Yeah. Um, and, and it's a little harder. And, and I've been up front, you know, I'm going to miss penalties because if there's a scramble on the goal line and a guy gets dumped at the tie slot, I'm not going to see it. I'm yeah. looking at the goal line. You're watching. So it's. It's it's tough. Like I know we had that that game the other day or a couple weeks ago where we had that um, you know Dylan, my one of my spares, my young guys, he missed the uh, the too many men, right? Because too many men when there's a guy jumps the bench, two zones behind, you don't see it. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that type of stuff is hard to pick up on when you're on your own. You don't have another set of eyes. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so it's 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 definitely a challenge when it's the one man. You got to read and you got to you got to anticipate the play. So that's you know that's why it helps when I know when I know I got better D men back there. I think oh man, you know one hundred percent Chong's going to hold that line or. <laughs> somebody like that's going to hold the line. And then I look back there and I'm like, Oh, okay. This guy's filling in. I don't think he's going to hold it. I got a break to be at mm-hmm. the line. So it's a lot of it's guessing. I mean, when we played, you know, playing the team the other night, uh, spare parts there, normally when they got eaten and I, I can't remember the guy's name, number three, when they're trying to do the stretch pass, if there's a stretch pass, I have no chance in hell. I'm guessing like, I'm sure I've missed spread off, spread passes that, probably two feet offside, but I have no idea if I'm two and a half zones in behind. It's impossible. Yeah. I'm guessing. And even yeah. a lot of the plays, if I'm down low and the puck bounces over the defenseman's stick and he walks it down, if I think it stayed in, I'm guessing. Right. If I think it went out, I'm guessing and I'm calling offside. So yeah. it's it's tough with definitely one man, but I mean, for a league that wants to keep costs down and, and you know they're going to do two man in playoffs and that's the plan. We'll try to do two man in playoffs, but um we got to accept there's going to be mistakes when there's just yeah one of us out there. Right? Yeah, so. for sure. And I think it's just kind of like everybody's on board with like what the ref calls. That's, that's what it is. Yeah. Right. Like it's yeah. just, yeah. So yeah. Uh, we're running out of time for the segment. I got two quick questions for you. Um, as a referee uh, who is now also competing as a player, uh, do you ever uh, sort of, look at the ref and kind of give him the business a little bit. If he, if he's like not holding it down or if he's, you know, he's missed a couple of calls or things seem to be sliding towards the, the uh, do you, sort do you of... ever feel like you need to micromanage? Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> in the, you know, in things the grudge are... league in general or, or just... just, I mean, you know what, like you've been doing this for a long time. And so if you're on the ice as a player, you know, it, I can imagine that it's, tough to get out of that ref mentality right and it's just like hey you know like this is this is getting to the situation where where things are getting a little bit chippy maybe somebody's going to get hurt and then it kind of dovetails into my second question which is you know with the garage league folks because you know not gonna lie we're all a bunch of good guys and and we're just out there having fun but sometimes things get a little bit heated and things get a little bit competitive. Like at what point as, as the guy wearing the stripes, are you stepping in there and saying, Hey, you know what guys like quit being idiots. Let's just calm it down a little bit. Let's take it back a couple notches. I mean, we haven't had, we haven't had to deal that with yet. Right. Like we haven't had (laughs) anything yet like that where, you know, games have gotten out of hand or anything. Um, you know, and if and if I have to, I'm gonna step in, and more or not, like I've got three ref spares that are 18, 17, 18, 19 years old. So mm-hmm. you know, I I want to make sure that it's not ruined for them. So I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna cover them probably before I'm gonna cover even one of my teammates. Uh, I mean, depending absolutely, on the and that's the way depending it on be. the circumstance. Because um, yeah. you know, I've I've recruited them to come into this league. To come help me out i'm not going to throw them you don't want to throw them under know. the bus and, yeah. well exactly and then because then if they back out and they say you know what i don't want to do this anymore i'm now i'm not playing anymore i'm roughing because i kind of kind of eric kind of the agreement with me with eric and the guys when i said i wanted to play and play and they said well 
if you can't ref, you might have to ref your own team. And I'm like, yeah, I, it is what it is. Like I've, I leave my ref bag in my van when I come to play, because if for some reason my ref doesn't show up, I'm ready to go. Like I'll ref. I will, if I have to, like I'll step in if I have to 100%. I mean, I'm, I'm making sure I'm texting my guys two, three days in advance to be like, Hey, are you still good? Um, but yeah, so it's difficult. And, and even I overlooked the fact to start uh, that I think it was like the second or third week, second or third weekend or second weekend, I, I, I approached Vince and, and Fletcher and I said, have you guys actually cleared it with the rest of the league that it's okay I'm roughing and playing? Like, are guys going to think I'm going to try to like manipulate other games to advance us in the standings? And they're like, oh, no, like, don't worry about it, right? So I'm like, okay, I just want to make sure. Like, I have my integrity. I'm not going to do that. But I'm like, have you guys even thought about that? Yeah, like conflict, sign a disclosure for, like, conflict of interest. I mean, it hasn't come up yet, but who's who's to say it doesn't, you know, come crunch time in, you know, February when playoffs are around the corner, so. Yeah, I know. We should we should be comfortably in first at that point. Anyway. There you go. <laughs> yeah, there so, you go. Well, well, let's let's uh, yeah, like Jared mentioned, we're we're getting short on time here, so we'll we'll throw to the song your song pick. Just give us so you know mentioning uh, we should be well on our way to first place. Blah blah blah. Uh, what's the story behind this this song? Well, I mean, we're the seals, right? <laughs> so. I mean, this, this seems to work it in its way into like uh, the the after game playlist right. when we win. So. so the song we're going to play, listeners, uh, we didn't even mention that. But yeah, it's Seal, but it's the Space Jam version. Fly like, was it, right? like, was like, fly like the Eagle. Fly like, oh, fly like Eagle. OK, so yeah. it's right. The Steve, Steve Miller band classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sorry, in my head, I was like, oh, Seal only has one song, Kissed by a Rose. But no, <laughs> he does have a couple songs. So I came up in the group the chat, and, yeah. and you got corrected very quickly. I did, but you know, like, uh, <laughs> you know. Well, I, yeah. it po- I saw it pop up on the playlist the other night when I was running the running the music, and I just thought, I'm like, yeah, this should be a great one to play. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. Perfect. Well, thanks so much for joining us, Brady, in uh, in our first edition of um, talking. What we call what it? Talking talk, zebras. Talking talk zebras. Yeah. The ref room. The, the ref, ref room. room. Yeah. The ref room with Brady Simpson here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. This is Seal and his hit smash single, "Fly Like an Eagle." <laughs> See you, gents. Bye. <laughs> awesome. Thanks so much, Brady. See you at the rink.
All right, that was Seal with his song Fly Like an Eagle, cover of a Steve Miller band song, of course. Uh, that one was from the uh, Space Jam soundtrack. Some of you uh, younger listeners might know that movie. Uh, I, uh, I'm i an elder millennial, Jared. Uh, I kind of was a little too old for that one when it came out. Really? Yeah, so I've never actually seen it. Oh, man. Which is actually probably like... Uh, heresy to say a little like, bit yeah so a little bit uh i mean i love michael jordan i think he's one of the you know top five he didn't play hockey though so no he's one of the top five athletes of my <laughs> of my generation i guess yeah. our generation he did uh do a short-lived nbc cartoon series where he and wayne gretzky yeah. and and bo jackson Solved yeah. crimes. I remember that was, that, that was that was really bad. I think he also did McDonald's ads with Gretzky. Yep, he sure yeah. did. They became buddies because I yeah. think they both had some sort of Nike tie-in or something. For sure. Anyways, um, the 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 segment that everybody looks forward to every week. It's I'm the, talking about it's the uh, weekend update with uh, your hosts Tom and Jared. <laughs> The Garage League weekend update. Yes. Um, Jared, it was a big weekend for local uh, recreational hockey. Um, it's always as, a big weekend. As it always local... is. Yeah, That's right. yeah, yeah. yeah. So uh, we've got some special clips to, to play on the show, actually. And maybe before we even get into talking about the games that happened, uh, we'll preface it with this. So Thursday's game, uh, we went down to the rink, got in between the benches, you know, mic'd up. We uh, we had a pregame interview with uh, n- number five, Carter Hankey from Les Mitins Malades. I was actually, when we did the intro off the top of the show and we were talking about Bill Barilko, I forgot to mention our own number five, Carter Hankey. But uh, yes, yeah, so we've got a, a little pregame interview with him. We got a, a, a second intermission interview with number 23 of Busta Twines. That's Pat Lazo. And then uh, we have a post-game interview with number 46, Randy Frickus, uh, good, our good buddy Randy, uh, former uh, ho- co-host of the show. And uh, he gives us a very nice post-game interview. Um, so the game ended, I believe it was a 3-1 score for Les Mitin Malade. Uh, but without any further ado, we'll roll the three interviews and we'll see you on the other side. Talking hockey down here at the Winter Plague Winter Club. It's a Thursday night. That means garage night. Coming onto the ice right now, pregame, we got Carter Hankey, number five for the team Le Mitem Malad. Carter, uh, you got a big matchup tonight. What do you what do you see in your opponent? You know what? We're just uh trying to get firing here on all cylinders it's early in the year tom uh we're just looking uh to try to get a little bit of consistency game in game out uh roll those two lines that we do have the 10 players we do have and just uh hope for the best how do you feel about your game so far early in the season so i (laughs) uh whilst i've had some success in the dot there's also been periods at a time where I just can't seem to win a face-off, which is, I guess, just the way she goes. Uh, so it's been hot and cold, sometimes at the same time in the same game. Uh, <coughs> sorry. 
in terms of offense, there's been a little bit here and there, but I'm looking to build on that tonight, Tom. Sounds great. Have yourself a good game. Thanks for joining us here on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Where the fuck's my towel? <laughs> that was Carter the Car Guy for uh, Les Mitam Malad here uh, in action on Thursday night. Talking Hockey. All right, we're in the second intermission. I'm talking to Pat Lazo right here, number 23 forward for Busted Twines. How's the game going for you guys so oh, far? It's going good. A little, uh, little tight on time for getting points, but we're going to get it in there. What's the strategy for the third period? Uh, get pucks in deep, you know. I love it. Have a good period. All right, we're post-game here, a 3-1 final for Le Mitem Malad. we got number 46, Randy Frickus with us. Randy, uh, what's your general take on that game? Uh, you know, both teams uh, came to play, that's for sure. Uh, pretty close for the first uh, two periods, and then uh, uh, one, our, our new defenseman there, we call him, uh, uh, in uh, kind of comparison to Paul Coffey, we call him Pat Decaf. <laughs> or he actually... Uh, that's that's the name that uh, emerged the other day. So uh, I think it's a winner. Yeah. I, I'm going to say stick with that one. So Pat Decaf, uh, he scored two tonight, and uh, Raj uh, added the, the third one. So, yeah, good team effort. Nice. Yeah, it was one nothing for a very long time in that one. And then finally, kind of, uh, you know, they were able to tie. Uh, once they tied it up, what was the vibe on the bench? Uh, just don't panic. We, you know, we can uh, keep the puck on our stick a little bit longer. Uh, just take a look. You got time. Uh, be comfortable with the puck. The puck is your best friend. Sage words. Now go celebrate with your boys. Okay, have a good one. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Randy. All right, so, yeah, that was the uh, in-game interviews. Uh, right down in between the benches. Uh, pre-game one with Carter Hankey there of Late Mademalad. Uh, long-time listener of the show. Thanks for tuning in every week there, buddy. And uh, and then the, we had a... Uh, Intermission interview with Pat Lazo, uh, famed, uh, noted neighborhood, I mean, citywide uh, artist and mm-hmm. uh, neighborhood awesome dude. And uh, and then uh, post-game interview with Randy Frickus, former uh, alumni of Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talk Show. And we're going to have Randy on the show at some point here. Um, he's got, uh, he's got a he's lot got, of He's got big, big things cooking. Yeah, so we're going to get him on the show and talk to him again soon, but uh, that was a nice little interview with him there. Um, I love I love the nickname they've given their uh, smooth skating defenseman, Pat Klassen, who's he's a great player. Uh, they, they're calling him Patty Decaf in honor of the great number 77, Paul Coffey. Paul Coffey may be one of my favorite players of all time. Oh, yeah? Um, he's in my... He's in my top ten, absolutely. Once you know, you got to you start moving players around in there. I don't know where he falls exactly, but like it might depend on the day. But I love Paul Coffey, yeah. So, uh, so that was the Thursday night game. Le Mitemalad busted twines. The the Mits win. Um, they're sitting top of the top of the standings. Mm-hmm. And then the Saturday night game featured our team, the Seals. We were playing the spare, spare parts. parts. 
Yeah. And uh, we came away with a 5-3 win, um, which was our third win in a row. Yeah. And bit tied of us a, up bit. at the top of the standings with the Les Mits. Yeah, so. bit of a bit of a heater, and I think I think we play Les Mitemalad uh, this coming Thursday. Oh uh, yeah, co-host Tom uh, had himself a game this week. Uh, I'll, I'll say it for him because he's he's a humble guy over there. He's he doesn't want to talk about it. Uh, had himself a game, uh, notch a hat trick. Uh, to to help lead uh, your winter club seals to victory uh, and and uh, Brady, who we spoke to in the uh, second segment, uh, had a couple of helpers himself. Your line was kind of flying. You. Yeah, and Brady I, that was and the Brad. first time I've skated on a line with Brady this season, I believe. I don't think we skated together before the uh, Saturday night and uh, we were clicking. Uh, yeah. It worked out pretty good. And um yeah, that, that I don't know. Some nights the puck just goes in and it was mm-hmm. going in for me. Mm-hmm. And actually this season, so that hat trick put me up to six goals on the season. Mm-hmm. That's that's more than I scored all of last winter in like 18 games or whatever. So, uh, so mm. you know, for your winter club seals, hopefully uh, co-host Tom keeps it keeps it rolling. Well, uh, yeah. he may have jinxed himself in the dressing room last night saying that he'll yeah. go quiet. But, yeah. uh, you know, I have faith. I yeah. have faith. Um, but yeah, uh, Tommy and the Killer Bees were uh, were flying last night. I kind of then... have a uh, Cy Young stat line going. I got six goals and no assists. <laughs> six and oh, baby. <laughs> hey, you know what? Uh, somebody needs to score goals. And... I'm passing the puck out there. I don't know what's hey. going on. Hey, hey, every team needs people who score goals and every team needs people who puts put the puck on the, yeah. the, the tape of the people who score goals. So, yeah, well, friend of the show and teammate Vince Titar, he uh, he gave me the pass for what ended up being my third goal, the hat trick goal. And that was a beauty little pass. He he fed right out in front to me. All I had to do was tap it in. So he made it easy on me. And he's he's one of these guys who. uh you know, puts the puck on other guys' sticks, right? He's a good passer, moves the puck well. So, yeah, yeah, runs, all types. runs, yeah, takes all types, runs a good WhatsApp chat, good old <laughs> Vinny T, and uh, yeah, he's uh, he's a heck of a guy. He's a Crocs aficionado, and uh, you know, coach, coach Vince. You know you what go. else? What else can we say? Yeah. And you know, uh, we're we're gonna go out because. You know, we're we're, we're running we're running much, long yeah. as we usually do. Yeah. Uh but we're gonna go out with uh a song from a band called Infighter, which features the talents of your other line mate. That's right. Brad uh Uh yeah, you know what? I I would say spice strip. Sure. strip. Sorry if we're we're totally butchering your your name here, Brad. Uh, I think I think he said it's it's spice as in S V and ice, but yeah, yeah. I mean that's how it's spelled, so I guess yeah. 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 So he was in this band for a long time in Toronto, I think, in Fighter, and yeah. uh, it's um, a good song. Yeah, this is a song that he wrote called "The Actor." Mm-hmm. So here it is on Talking Hockey, the Hockey Talking Show. Thanks so much for tuning in. 
keep your stick on the ice and as always come on back next week for another episode and tell your friends and uh yeah we'll see you next time 